0: Hi, Mariners. Mike here. Kenton is uh, recovering from Outreach Weekend with his sweetie. And so I am here uh, with Robin Riley, Matt Oltoff, and Christian Mungay, uh, members of our outreach team who led us in Outreach Weekend. If you were not here, we uh, have a long legacy at our church of God really teaching us and burdening us with what it means to be in a fluent church in the middle of a county where there is so much poverty. And we shared a lot of those lessons this past weekend um, as we wanted to be reawoken to the needs that are sitting right around us. And so uh, I wanted to bring these three in just to share a little bit about the weekend and also to answer a couple of questions that you had, and then I'll answer some questions towards the end. So we're glad that there are so many of you who are tuning in to us. We love it. Uh, I want to ask a question though, real quick. Um, The normal response to poverty that I've uh, not only participated in but been aware of, particularly in Christian circles, is, well, we have to do something. We've got the answer and the resources, so let's just throw some money uh, at the problems. And as I've been here a couple of months, I've noticed our approach is much, much different than that. Could you give us a feel for some of the distinctives about how outreach ministry seeks to meet these needs in ways that transcend just our being the answer and throwing money?
1: Um. That's a great question, Mike. And this what is, is Matt Oltoff. Thanks, Mike. Um, one of the quotes I heard from one of our partners in Sri Lanka was, uh, he said this, the pain of poverty is not hunger. The pain of poverty is isolation and loneliness. Ooh. And so we look at poverty sometimes as stuff or we that lack of stuff or That's lack good. of resources. But it's really about being isolated, being marginalized. And so when we look at how do we address these issues, money is part of the equation, But money is not the only solution. And so part of it is you have to be in relationship. You have to seek out. You have to look at how you can stand side by side with somebody. What does that look like practically?
0: Um, This is Christian Mungai and he's a cool cool accent.
2: (laughs) Um, One of the things that, as, as Matt said, is that it's relational. Uh, but it's also a relation. It's it's a, it's holistic in its in its sense that uh, we're meeting physical, we're meeting spiritual, we're meeting um, emotional and social needs. And so, um, as we get to relate, then we're able to also um, then be able to give those tangible things. Um, and it's both ways. So that so there's the relational component, and then there's also the, recipro- the reciprocity or mutuality, where it's an exchange where we realize as we serve that we are as much in need as those that we are serving. And so as we come together then, um, and we're both in need of relationship, we get to exchange what God has given us, whether it's the money and the education on one side, and on the other side it's the aspects of uh, joy and desperate faith. So those are some of the things that I can say that it it, it actually, that's how it actually looks like. Okay,
0: that's, that's, I think, absolutely critical. Could you, Robin, expand a little bit on the idea of reciprocity? Because I I think that that takes us a little bit, out of what's normal for us. Because what I heard Matt say was he's expanding the definition of poverty, right? Poverty isn't just a lack of material resources. Poverty is much bigger than that, and it's primarily in relational terms. And Christian is saying, yes, it's relational, uh, so it can't just be money, and it's holistic. Um, And then he mentions this idea of mutuality, that somehow we benefit to, we're in need to. Could you explain that a little bit?
3: Sure. Sure. Um, first, I, when I, I think about that, I'm reminded of my own story and just how um, when I've been in times of maybe where I had a lot financially but I didn't have Christ, my life um, was a disaster. And so hmm. when we seek to um, reach people, it's not about giving them stuff or financial meeting their financial needs. We hope— to meet practical needs and build a relationship, but ultimately so that we can share the hope of Christ. Mm -hmm. And what that's looked like um, on Minnie Street for over 20 years is it started going to them and saying, we know we're the, you know, white people in the suburb, but we'd like to um, get to know you and be in relationship with you. And at the time, Minnie Street was the most impacted area um, west of the Mississippi. Mm -hmm. And so we went to them and said, you know, how can we help? And they're like, we don't want your stuff. Mm -hmm. We don't really know that we need your help, but we'll go on this journey with you. And so That's it good. started years of just having conversations and then going door to door and saying, you know, how can we help together? And through that, what we found, again, is that there's this um, bigger picture of the gospel that isn't about um, just our stuff, but about um, yeah, that there are people who have a picture of God that mm-hmm. we don't, that mm-hmm. we're not going to get until we enter their world and be in relationship with them on an equal basis. And so when we talk about reciprocity and mutuality. That's what we found is that we grow in our understanding of God through relationship with them.
0: Wow. So you're saying um, we have, they have things that we need and I hate using them and we language, right. but because that's what we're trying to break down, right? Is that, yeah. is that the poverty exists in every direction. So uh, Christian, one of the things I, I listened actually to Christian speak down at Mission Viejo. And one of the things you said that I thought was very striking Was it there were a couple of examples of things that the poor bless us with? Could you share those with us?
2: Um, That's what I was saying because I'm I'm born and raised in Kenya. And so um, I go back home and I see the sense of joy, um, which is uh, for me, um, that is not predicated on circumstances where you go into a slum and you find the kids there; they have nothing. But yet, um, they'll come out and share with you the last thing that they have, um, which is amazing. But the other thing that I also get to see, so there's this aspect of joy. Then there's the idea of a desperate faith where they turn to God for everything. We Mm -hmm. say in Africa that you never know that God is all you need until you realize that God is all you've got. So because all we've got is God, we turn to him, you know, uh, passionately, extravagantly. And um, so there's that. We get to learn that. I get to see that even in my own context when I go back home. Um, so those are some, a couple of examples that I can use, um, to depict what we're talking about, what we can learn and what we can get as we share.
0: So, so one of the things I, I would love, uh, you guys tuning in, uh, to get, which I think is so very, very profound is that what we're not about is giving rich people existential hits, uh, from doing a one-time sort of service thing. And if you don't know what existential means, Wikipedia is your friend, um, But we're not into just people salving or easing their consciences just by writing a check or by doing something. That's a great first step, and we want to have a broad, broad spectrum of first steps for people. But the goal really is much deeper than that. Matt and Robin, would you guys give us a little bit of an idea of what you want for people in this? What's the goal of an outreach weekend?
1: Well, I think if uh, – what I, what I would say is the goal is that um, if you look at – if Jesus was here today and we were faced with the question of what it means to truly follow him, it's this idea of loving God with all our heart, all our mind, all our soul, and this idea of loving our neighbor as well. They're equal commandments, and it's a lifestyle that we choose to step out and be generous givers, but also – to go, how do I be a blessing to others because God has blessed me? Mm -hmm. And so as I look at what um, our goal is for people is to go, what does that lifestyle mean for me? Does it mean that I need to step out? Does it mean that I need to pursue a passion or a gift that God has given me? Does it mean I need to let go of my resources and my finances so that I can be a blessing? Um, It's truly embracing that lifestyle of following Jesus.
0: That's great. All right, so lifestyle is a huge component. Robin, what would you add? Well, if
3: I I think about Outreach Week and you asked, what do we hope to have um, accomplished through it? Mm -hmm. And it's this idea of um, wherever people are in their journey of developing a lifestyle that we meet them there and help them take their next step. So we're super intentional about, you know, you'll see food boxes that may look like a handout, but we create opportunities for that food to be given in relationship and then have the opportunity for ongoing relationship.
0: That's so good. Because I think the thing uh, that I was so struck by is that, yes, it's a lifestyle, But it's a lifestyle that begins first with understanding God's grace and generosity to us. And this is what separates us from American Idol or Oprah Winfrey or the cool social justice stuff that's out there. This is a very hip thing to do these days. But this that isn't gospel. The gospel is God's done it all for us. And then how in the world can we be chintzy with our stuff when we've been given everything? And I think that's so profound what we're going after through Outreach Ministries. And I would just encourage you, if you weren't here uh to To podcast uh the message because Matt and Robin and Christian all shared, and Lori B are all shared in different contexts, kind of the heart of outreach and these really incredible audacious goals that God set before us uh but I would also encourage you just to prayerfully, prayerfully excuse me, prayerfully consider where it is that God would invite you to play, just as Matt was saying. Uh, I do have a a ton of questions. We don't have time for all of them, Uh, but this one, this is for you three. This is a really good one. Um, This this person's question is, my husband isn't a believer, and when I talk with him about how all of our blessings come from God and God wants us to give to the poor and needy, he says he's already doing this via his taxes. The government takes a bunch of the money he earns and uses some of it to help the poor. So, why doesn't that count, especially as social programs are growing? Secondly, he argues that giving a handout without requiring something for it is not serving the recipient in that it perpetuates dependency and thus takes away dignity. How would you respond? Logically, not just the Bible says X, Y, and Z. Thank you. So, I give this question out of the panel, our panel of experts. <laughs> Who's first? Robin. I'm
3: going to take the first point. Um, I would just, well, I think it's great that our government um, seeks to take care of people in need because we should do that um, individually and corporately as well. But I don't think the corporate kind of structure of meeting the needs of those in our community addresses the individual call to do so. I think it's too passive, and I think that it doesn't demonstrate the individual love that Christ has given us, and it doesn't create the life change or heart change that ultimately Jesus wants for us.
0: It's good. It's good. Government programs can only do so much.
1: Um, yeah, and I think on the second one, in talking about is it just a handout. We, we don't do anything that is specifically just a handout. We don't want to do that. We don't want to enforce that idea. What we look at is, like we've talked about before, is how do we be in relationship with people um, where we're stepping across. I mean, that's who Jesus was. Jesus was in relationship with those that were in need, and there's something beautiful that happened in that. So it's a, it's a combination of having relationship, having resources, and um, also looking at their strengths, Versus looking at their weaknesses. Typically, when we go into an environment and we go, hey, we're going to hand this out, we look at all the things that are wrong with the community versus all the amazing things that are part of that community. And how do we leverage that? And how do we work side by side and do ministry together versus do, doing ministry to someone as a handout? That's great.
2: Christian? Um, I love this question because I actually like the part where he says, are we not perpetuating dependency and taking away dignity? And I can I can agree to, with him uh, to some extent because I've seen that in my own context where we go into Africa and other places and just give things that we think that people need. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think for us, the approach has been a little different where we're asking a different set of questions. That's so good. instead of going to people and asking them, what do you need? <clears throat> we ask them, what do you have? What has God given you? What do you have? And then come alongside them so that whatever they have, we can help them take it faster and farther. So our work is not to come and just put things into your hands. It's to see where God has, uh, where what you have. And then with what you have, we help, you know, uh, come alongside so that we can um, grow that exponentially with you. Uh, and that 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 means that the person takes own dignity of I'm the one who had this. And I just, you know, God uses people to come and help me do what I've, what I've been called to do. Um, faster and farther. So that's a that's a great question, but I mm-hmm. think for us, we also have to be aware that we cannot just continue to propagate dependency that's or right. take away the dignity of people having the answers in themselves. I
0: think that's absolutely right. So the first part of the question really is, hey, my taxes do this. And, and to, a, to a degree, yes, but they really don't solve the, the root issues of poverty. And I think that's where the church can set up and individuals can step in in relationship and do just so much more. And then the second thing is, no, we agree with the second part of the question, which is, doesn't this create dependency? And oftentimes it has, and that's why I wanted you guys to hear from these three Because the approach here is taken so that it is a different set of questions. It's done in relationship, and the goal is empowerment. The goal isn't handouts and dependency. If you redefine poverty, if you recognize you have something to learn and to gain from who they are and what they've got going in their community, it does become a mutual relationship and dignity is preserved. So we were so excited about what God did. There's one other question that I'll tackle real quick uh, that came in from this weekend too. My question is, uh, I found this week's message is a nice reminder of how fortunate we all are. However, if I were a new visitor to our church, this week's sermon could be interpreted as a way of guilting people into an offering. I know Kenton's intention is to have us give willingly. How should I respond if I were ever asked why we were asked for an additional offering? And I would say certainly certainly. For Kent and myself and, and the leadership here, guilt is just not ever a motivator that's helpful. There's so much of that in the world. It's a burden that religion lays on us that we've been actually trying to war against. Uh, so we never want to do that. We always want to invite people to step into what God's already doing. And so I, we want to walk a line between being convicted, which is different than being guilted, and we want to walk a line between being convicted and uncomfortable, but also making it safe for people. And so we we try to walk this balance pretty uh, pretty drastically because on the one hand, when God confronts us with our stuff, the greed, the pride, it hurts and it's not safe and it's not comfortable. But on the other hand, we want to remove any unnecessary offense so that people can come and if they're going to be offended, be offended by the right things. And so what we do in the case of taking an offering, we wanted to give people a tangible way to respond. This is, this is outreach's budget for the year, but also it's not just for them. It's for us. That was the point of the message. It's for us so that we could step into freedom and joy as, as God kind of unclasps our fists uh, from holding on so tightly. Generosity really is the way that God focuses our hearts and cleanses us, but even more than that, leads us to freedom. And so the last thing we'd want to do Is guilt, people, but but we do want to hold up legitimate need. We do want to hold up God-inspired vision, and we do want to invite every single person to play. And so that kind of is the heart of what what happened this weekend. We've got uh, Kevin from Huntington Beach. Kevin Pike's going to teach upcoming this weekend, and we're so, so excited about that. We're going to talk about the radical grace of Jesus. So uh, keep tuning in. Keep sending in your questions. We've got a backlog we'll get to someday. God bless you.